0: You're listening to the Gordon Damer Show podcast on 98.7 ESPN. Hey there. Welcome in. It is the Gordon Damer Show. It is 98.7 FM. ESPN New York, lots to do. Monday edition. I hope everyone had a happy, healthy, most importantly safe July 4th, right? We all have our little fingers and toes. We got all our little piggies still. (laughs) Hopefully that's the case. Of course, the number you know, 1-800-919-ESPN. I am on Twitter, at Gordon Dahmer. Uh Of course, the daily poll question, we have that for today. And it is up, it is running, it is back for a Monday. And we will get into that in uh, just a little bit as I pin it to my uh, top of my Twitter handle there, of course, at Gordon Damer, uh, and on Instagram, also at Gordon Damer. And hopefully everyone had a fantastic July 4th. You know, I've said this before, uh, when you are a kid, it feels like July 4th, man, that's the start of the summer, right? School's done, just limitless possibilities, the beautiful weather, doing things outside. Maybe not your town pool this year, but you know, you get a pool, you get some water, you get to the beach, whatever you're going to do, that's the time to do it. It's the time of the year you've been waiting for, unfortunately, when you're an adult, when you get to July 4th, man, it feels like you blink and it's September. Now maybe it'll be a little different this year. Everything does start to feel like this year. It started to slow down. Although I think I'm 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 pretty sure I'm the last guy. I feel like I'm the I'm the one guy who's still in the bunker and the war is over, right? Like every, I just keep seeing videos of everybody out and about, and feels that way. Because who do I see? No one. Where do I go? Nowhere. But that's a story for another time. But July 4th was fun, as I, I'm sure I've mentioned before, my son Jack, who is 12. And if you know anything about 12-year-old boys, they are obsessed with fireworks. And my wife was like, why, why are boys so obsessed? Why are they so obsessed with fireworks? Well, A, you light them, right? B, fire is cool. It just is. And they blow up. Well, not the the ones he had, but, you know, some of them blow up. You know, they do things. They throw off sparks. They throw off. I mean, come on. There's a reason why the the kids like them. They're cool. So some fireworks here in Jersey are legal. So at some point, I don't remember what it was, but my in-laws actually bought a box at Costco. (laughs) Costco sells fireworks. No samples at the end of the aisle, though. You, you uh you don't get those at Costco but you they bought this giant box and um I'll be honest with you you know at my age <laughs> fireworks there's there's not a lot of um there's not a lot of variation in fireworks there's not a lot you know they go up and that's about the way it goes and 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 away you go right but I got to be honest with you I actually had a fun time because he had his little you know whatever they do and they throw off some sparks and this and um it was, it was nice to have a little bit of normalcy, right? It was nice to have a little bit of just all regular old July 4th. So uh, hopefully you had a fun time. I'll say this. Some of you all, I don't know who you are, some of you all did not go to Costco. I don't know where you went, but it was the Your box was different than our box. I can tell There was a stage, maybe not for you, maybe it was just me, There was a stage on Saturday night where I was like, did I move to Beirut? When when did this happen? But hopefully everybody's safe and hopefully everybody had a good time. So, uh, of course, we have lots to discuss over the next hour. 1-800-919-ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. Of course, you know the number, you know the deal. 60 minutes, we run through it all. we got a lot of stuff today. we got baseball developments. The NHL has a target date for its return. I got to be honest, when I saw that they had a target date for its return, oh, they're still doing that. Oh, all right. You know me. I'm not a big hockey guy. But that's still a thing. And, of course, you have the Redskins name change. And you know what? Let's start there. Because, you know, I was on on Saturday, and we've not really had the Saturday show for a while. Um, But we had one on Saturday, and, you know, the story came up, and it really became heated on the air because there were changes in the story, and we got a ton of calls. We couldn't get to all of them. But of course, Friday, you uh, had uh, the big sponsors coming and saying that they wanted the team name changed. And then Saturday, you had the uh, press release saying about they were going through an internal review, uh, internal discussions, going through the process. Apparently that process is still going on, because that was Saturday. This is Monday. I would have figured that that process would have been pretty quick, but... You know, Obviously, this is a stark contrast to what Dan Snyder has said in the past, the owner of the team. He has owned the team for over 20 years, and he has been on record multiple times, basically, I think, pretty much any time he's been asked about changing the name of the team. But I think the one that really is the one that everybody points to was 2013. Uh, He was asked, he said, never, put it in all caps, never. I'm never going to change the name of this team. And look at this. It's, it's done, right? Like, it, it, they are changing the name. You don't put out a press release with the owner's comments saying that we're having this internal review and then come back at this point after all the conversation, after all the debate, after all this and back and forth, and come out and say, yeah, you know what, we're good. <laughs> we're not going to change anything. No, they're obviously going to change the name. Now, I don't know what it's going to be, Don't know if they can technically get that done for this season, assuming that this season starts on time, right? Yeah, I think they have—I figured it uh, out—66 days until opening night in the NFL. Now, obviously, Washington does not play an opening night, so maybe they have, what, 70 days? But it's done, right? This is going to happen. It's just a question of the timing of it and whether or not it happens this year or whether it happens next year or, or, you know, given the uncertainty of this year— you have to wonder if there's going to be a this year, but I've already seen reports that this has been underway for a while. That given the tone of the country, where the United States is at, that the team, even though they had not announced, it, they had realized that it was time for a change. Baloney. The team can spin whatever they want. Dan Snyder can spin Whatever he wants. You know, and I know, the only reason that this happened... It's not public pressure. The public pressure's been there for a while. And I don't believe that it was even the uh, talk of the stadium, right? He wants to get a new stadium, and uh, politicians have said that that will not happen. That cannot move forward without a name change. But, you know, politicians have been trying to put pressure on him for a while and it's a pol- right it's a political thing where you have two sides of the aisle and Dan Snyder I'm sure employs a lot of people that are their job is to navigate that. So maybe he felt like he could still navigate that, I don't know. But that's not that's not the primary reason. The reason that this happened happened and it certainly wasn't the tone of the country or doing the right thing. <laughs> doing the right thing. That's a, that's adorable. No, this is because Something happened to impact Dan Snyder's wallet. That's it. That's all. When FedEx, Nike, and I can't remember the third sponsor who went to him and said that they wanted a name change. That's what. That's what happened. So I'm sure. Look, maybe holding up plans for a new stadium, which is basically a license to print money. I'm sure that did have, uh, you know, in terms of you know putting things on the scale, that had a, a certain impact there as well. But it was primarily that these three companies went to him and said, we're uncomfortable moving forward with you unless you change the name of the team. So it's not a question of when. It's a, it's, it's a question of when. It's not a question of if. And, you know, the fact that I've seen that Ron Rivera is working with Dan Snyder on the name change, maybe that's a sign that Ron Rivera can have a, a bigger impact, a bigger positive impact on the organization. Uh, an organization that has been a disaster on the field for pretty much all of Dan Snyder's tenure. Like, I'm sure whenever they get a new name, they'll have some, some press conference and Dan Snyder will give you some story. You know, I was reluctant to, to change the name because that's what it's going to become now. Uh, I was reluctant to change the name because of the proud history of our organization. <laughs> well, well, that were true, if Dan Snyder's Motivation was to operate in the best interest of the organization, an organization that he grew up rooting for. He wanted to return to the days of his youth. He would sell the team immediately. I mean, they have been a dumpster fire since he took over, pretty much. They've won two playoff games in 20 years, they've had 10 coaches in 20 years. So if you were, right, we do poll questions every single day. And look, we're New York based, so the New York person was always going. But if we were going to come up with a tournament of bad ownership in sports, Dan Snyder would be a number one seed. Let's put it that way, right? Like he would be in the conversation and a strong number one seed. Like if you were running down, if the selection committee had to run down over the last 20 years, Dan Snyder, maybe not the number one overall seed. There's some other people a little closer to home that might get that. But he would certainly be in the conversation for a number one seat. And if he were a number two, it would be an outrage. People, oh, they would, be, they would be taken to Twitter. How could Dan Snyder only be a number two? So what was once thought to be impossible is now going to be inevitable. And now it's just a question of what the name will be. There's been several that have been uh, you know floated out there. That, uh, that And we had that conversation a little bit on Saturday. So if you want to get in on that. Certainly feel free, 1 800 919 ESPN. But then you have the baseball, which this weekend was supposed to be their weekend, right? July 4th, opening day. And it's good that camps have opened, but boy, oh boy, it feels like a bit of a rough start. So the poll question for today, which is on Twitter, at Gordon Damer, is uh, focused on baseball. We went with baseball today. Uh, I didn't want to go with the Redskins stuff because. Uh, you know i don't have a my i think the opinion is that the name should be changed and there's a way to change the name that it still honors what you know in the best you know the idea that the 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 name was honoring native americans uh i think is a bit it's a, it's a little shaky to, to think that that was the real intent, even moving forward at this point in time. But if that was your intent, okay, fine. You should be able to come up with a name that still honors those people and uh, does so without alienating NFL fans, people in general. Uh, so we didn't go with that direction in terms of the poll question. They went baseball. And it had to do with a story that we I didn't really get to on Saturday, but I think it's a really big story, that Mike Trout says he doesn't feel comfortable playing this year and while he is taking part for right now, he's playing the season by ear. So our poll question is, if he were to opt out, how big a deal do you think that would be? And I gave you three options. Massive, unfortunate, but understandable. I couldn't fit but understandable in the, the title because you only have so much space. But Or number three, no biggie. Massive, unfortunate, no biggie. That's the poll question. Coming up, I'll give you my answer. Boy, I'm, I'm telling you, man. Quarantine brain has impact. I'm saying the whole opening segment. Yeah, you know, we did a show Saturday, we did a show Saturday. That was Friday. Friday. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what day of the week it is anymore. It's and been I'm a long week so before you go in. Yeah, I know you couldn't question myself. I was like, wait, what day was that? <laughs> Did I work Saturday? Did I work Saturday? Brian generally, works when I work. Yeah, so I was like, I had to question myself. I was like, wait, no, no, uh, no, that was <laughs> Friday, dum dum. And you know what? I think on on Friday, I kept thinking it was Saturday. You know, and generally those type of things. If you have a day where you're like, ah, this feels like a Wednesday, and it's actually Tuesday. It usually resets itself the next day and you're back on track. No, not me. <laughs> I, still think, I still think that Friday was Saturday. Boy, it was a long Saturday. It was 48 hours in that Saturday. Yeah, I, I was off Saturday because obviously the fourth was Saturday. So, anywho, 1-800-919-ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. It is the Gordon Damer Show. It is 98.7 FM, ESPN New York. And uh, the poll question, which is up for today on Twitter, at Gordon Damer, all about Mike Trout. And Mike Trout saying that, um, that he doesn't really feel all that comfortable, right? Like, teams went to, to open up camps over the weekend, had their first workouts over the weekend. And it's good that camps have opened, but boy, oh boy, it felt like it, it, it really did feel like a rough start. You know, between players opting out. Did you see the story? The Oakland A's had to have their workout pushed back. Why? Because their COVID tests never got sent to the lab. They were supposed to be sent, I think they were supposed to be sent on Friday. And they didn't because of, of the, the holiday weekend. But then even on Sunday, they were still sitting on a plane someplace. They still had not made their way to the lab. Boy, oh boy, a, a bit of a rough start. And then you get the comments on Friday by Mike Trout saying that, you know, he does not feel comfortable and is playing the season by ear. Now, I don't know. If that is, an, in like any time that you've been quarantined and, and Mike Trout and his wife are expecting a child, so I'm assuming that he has been staying at home. So anytime you have a long period of time, I know for myself, staying at home and then you go back out into the public, there's kind of like that dipping your toe in the way. You're kind of a little uncomfortable doing certain things either in crowds or things that you haven't done, and, and you're, you're, you're kind of like weighing the whole time. Is this, am I all right doing this? Am I all right doing So I don't know if this was just an indication of him kind of getting out there and doing this for the first time, or if this is something that is going to be a, an issue for him all season long. So here's Mike Trout on Friday talking about how he feels going into the season. Honestly, still don't feel comfortable. You know, obviously with the, with the baby coming, there's a lot of stuff going through my mind right now, my wife's mind, my family, just trying to be the safest and most cautious way to get uh, through a season. You know, I'm just, I, I've told Billy, i told a bunch of the guys, you know, it's going to be tough. i got to be really cautious these next few weeks. Okay, so there's Mike Trout. And uh, give me the Trout one where he's talking about what players around the league are thinking. I talked to a lot of guys across the league, and they're they're texting me a lot. Um, I'm not going to name any names, but just you know, it's just a crazy. They're all thinking the same thing: is this is this going to work? All right, so here's Pedro Gomez on ESPN Radio on Friday saying, "Don't be shocked if Mike Trout ends up opting out." You're talking about the number one face of the game, really, the greatest player in the game today, um, a generational type player. I would not be surprised if he's feeling some pressure to be out there. But when you listen to his words. And look at his face during that call this morning, there's a lot of trepidation there. I'm not certain how. If if things go a little sideways, I think he might be one of the first players to say, you know what, I'm just going to, I'm not going to take this chance. Okay. And, um, you know, I've seen this likened to, you know, if Mike Trout were to sit out, this would be like either LeBron sitting out or Patrick Mahomes sitting out. I would say it's even bigger. Uh, If you went through the top four sports, even really, even the individual sports, is there anyone in their sport better than Mike Trout isn't is in his? Is he the most dominant in his given profession? I don't even think that there's any debate. I think in any other sport, yeah, there are big names. Patrick Mahomes would be a huge loss for the NFL. LeBron uh, obviously would be a huge loss for the NBA. But there's no athlete who is a bigger more dominant player in his sport than Mike Trout is in his. So our poll question, which is up for today, it's on Twitter, at Gordon Damer, is how big of a deal would this be if Mike Trout decides to opt out? And it certainly seems, at least according to his comments, but boy, have those changed, right? When you have the whole back and forth between the players and the owners, Mike Trout was one of the guys, tell us where and when. And, and I'm not going to blame him if he decides to sit out. As I've, I've said many times, any athlete, any person who does not feel comfortable given the environment, given we don't really know what the long-term ramifications are, I, I can certainly understand why they would uh, feel uncomfortable in that situation. And I agree with Pedro Gomez. He has to feel an unbelievable amount of pressure to play even if he does not feel, you know, if it's, if it's 50-50, he has to feel an unbelievable amount of pressure to play. Given his impact in the sport. Now he's not the most vocal leader in the world. He's not. I don't know if he's necessarily the face of baseball. Even though he's the most dominant player in the sport. But he's got to feel an unbelievable amount of pressure to play. So if I had to answer the poll question. I don't have a vote. But if I did. I would say it would be a massive deal. And a massive black eye. To Major League Baseball. Here you have this season. Which I mean look. It's the best they can do. Given the environment. But we all are in agreement. It's not a real season. It's just something we're doing to pass the time because we're desperate for sports and baseball is desperate to make some money, any money, given the the pandemic and everything else. But it's not real. 60 games is a complete – that would be like, as I said, the NFL would be playing less than five games. 60 games is less than five games in the NFL. It's like 4.8 games. You know, If you had an NFL season with four games, no one anywhere would be saying, yeah, this is, this is, this is good enough. And when we went into the, the, the whole debate between the players and owners, it was, well, is, is 80 games enough? Is 100 games enough? We ended up with 60. So it's already kind of a, a joke of a season that nobody is really going to take all that seriously unless your team ends up winning. So if Mike Trout, the biggest star in the sport, or at least the the most dominant. Star has, you know, different definitions. But certainly the most dominant player in the sport. If he were to sit out, yeah, that would be a massive black eye to the sport. And you do have to wonder, if he sits out, how many other guys are going to say, you know what, he's sitting out. Maybe it's a good idea for me to sit out. Now, look, his contract, is you know, I'm sure there's a lot of guys who would maybe want to sit out, but they realize this is their time to make money and and all that kind of stuff. So... Maybe it wouldn't be as much, but it would definitely have an impact. If you had a player like that, you wonder if it would be just a little stream of players that would follow suit or whether or not you'd really have a real major problem on your hands for Major League Baseball. So I, I think that that when it's possible when Mike – I don't know when his wife is due, but whatever she does, I'm sure he'll take time off then, uh, and maybe he will feel more comfortable as – it becomes a little bit more routine, right? Like you saw a video of him or, or, or camera shots, or pictures of him uh, wearing the mask on the field. And I'm sure that for a guy who's played baseball all his life, that's got to be a little weird Anytime you throw something new into the mix. So maybe a couple of weeks in, he'll just kind of adjust to what the new normal is. But um, it's certainly trouble. It has to be trouble. Rob uh, Manfred's ears had to perk up some when he heard the, that Mike Trout might not feel comfortable playing the entire season. It is playing the year by ear. And, and and you heard the cut from him saying that he's talked to a lot of guys. I'm sure he has. And you have to wonder what impact him if he did end up saying, you know what, at this point, I'm out. And you also kind of have to wonder, like, you got the news about um, DJ LeMayhew and Luis Sessa. I'm kind of interested to see Like, when everyone gets there, right, to camp and everybody's kind of up and running, will there always be a certain amount of guys who are just out? Like, is any team going to have their full complement of players at any point? Are the numbers – like, when guys first show up and they first start getting tested, yeah, obviously the numbers are going to go up and the amount of people that are testing positive, that's, I think, to be expected. But when everyone gets all together, not that they're going to be hermetically sealed, but you would think that the numbers would eventually decrease. But are the numbers going to keep increasing? Is it always going to be roughly the same amount of numbers? Is it ever going to like, kind of overwhelm a team? I think that that's just kind of tough to predict. So I can understand for uh, Mike Trout why there would be that sense of uh, uneasiness and how that plays out. I-, I guess it's still kind of up in the air. 1-800-919-ESPN. 1-800-919-3776. And then, of course, on Saturday, which was Saturday. I'm not messing up Saturday. I realize what Saturday was now. <laughs> the concept of Saturday. I get this text from Ty Butler, who is a producer. He usually produces the Saturday show for me. Uh, fantastic guy. Wonderful. He's a big Yankee fan. We go back and forth, you know, break chops. And he's a big Giancarlo Stanton fan. And I've been on record as saying that at the time I didn't really want to make that move. But anyway, so he texts me about Stanton, something about Stanton. And I'm like, oh, boy, what now? Because you can't go a day without so – now that the Yankees are back on the field, you just – I mean, you've been conditioned to just completely hold your breath the entire time. Um, so I saw this text and I, I, you know, go to Twitter, what what happened, saw the video of Stanton with the comebacker drilling Masahiro Tanaka in the head. Man, what? I mean, talk about scary. I can't imagine. Like, if you were having a draft of guys, not that you would want anybody, but it, it, the least likely guy you would want is Giancarlo Stanton, be the one hitting a comebacker. So thankfully, Tanaka taken to the hospital seems like he was okay. And the fact that he was back up walking around yesterday, uh, I guess that's a good sign. But when you get off, uh, you know, over the initial shock, a, it's, it's kind of surprising that that does not happen more often. And B, that guys are not more seriously hurt. Now, he had a minor concussion, so it's not to say he didn't get hurt at all. But it, doesn't it really seem like just a matter of time before somebody, God forbid, gets seriously injured? Now, I know baseball's got enough things to worry about, but getting a conversation going with the players about doing something to protect pitchers. I mean, the, the ball came off the bat of an exit velocity of 112. Like, we're talking about fans not having the time to react in stands. Now, they're fans, right? They're not professional athletes, and they're distracted and all those. So there's, there's things there that, that, that impact it. I get it. But they don't have time to react to balls getting hit in the stands. Could you imagine trying to – you can't react to 95. Never mind 112. 112. But thankfully, Masahiro Tanaka is okay. But I do think that baseball, and maybe the players will resist it because they resist everything from the owners, but uh, I do think that they kind of have to start having conversations with, with more focus on an exit velocity and, and 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 certainly what the baseball seemed to be, right? Jumping off the bat the way they did certainly last year. I think it's time that Major League Baseball has a conversation about what to do here to kind of protect pitch. I don't know if it's a helmet. I don't know what it is. But they're gonna have to do something because if they don't, it does seem like just a matter of time before somebody gets really seriously injured uh as far as the mets i'm I'm glad I think that now that the weekend is over I think every can everybody is everybody calm from Jacob de domination of his simulated game I mean the fawning I mean <laughs> the fawning over a simulated game woof, I mean, I know everybody loves Jacob de Gram and we'll see if they still love him when he loses you know. Uh, a whole bunch of strikeouts. Now the DH is there, uh, but to point on that, I've seen that people were talking about Yoan Cespedes, who's in camp and is healthy, and you know looks like um, he's he's primed for a, a big year. And I would say that that is absolutely the case. Like if you want to get excited about the Met season, there's plenty of reasons, but it's almost like a perfect storm for Cespedes, right? Like here's this guy who's not been able to play. Now that he's gotten healthy, I, there's obviously still a question of can he stay healthy. But you look at the things that are lining up for him to just have a monster impact. He's in a contract year. Now that he's healthy, he's only got to be healthy for 60 games. And you get the availability of the DH. Again, it's like a perfect storm of things going in Ioannis Cespedes' favor. Now, again, staying healthy is not just about getting healthy. It's about staying healthy. But if he can and only has to do so for, what, you know, 55 games as the DH – he is set up to have a, a monster impact, and if he can't have a monster impact, given all the things that are in his favor, uh, well, look, it's contract year, so it won't be the Mets' problem down the road, but you would think that if he can't do it this year with 60 games and the DH and all that type of stuff and the motivation, right? Think about all the motivation. He put out that video. I can't remember what it was. I guess when camp first opened up about all the people thinking that he was done, he certainly has. He should have a huge chip on his shoulder. Hopefully it's not too heavy because you don't want to get hurt again. Today, Today I, consider I consider myself, myself the luckiest, luckiest man, man, man on, the on the face of the, of the earth. earth. When you, look, when you around, look around, wouldn't you consider it a privilege, privilege to associate, to associate yourself, yourself with such a fine-looking fine looking man As a standing standing in uniform in this this ballpark today. today. That I might have been given a bad break, but I've got an awful lot to live for. Thank you. Well, obviously not the most obscure selection today. No, uh, of course, July 4th and uh, Lou Gehrig's luckiest man alive speech your moment of inspiration for this uh, Monday morning, which uh, we've gotten off to a rough start here on the Gordon Damer Show, but we'll get it back on track now that we know what day of the week it is. It's always a good start. Yes, it is Monday, and uh, we take you up till 6 o'clock. The poll question is up. It's running. You can vote for it there. But uh, a couple other things that I wanted to hit on before we go to the phones, one eight hundred nine one nine 919 espn You know what I was really into this weekend? And maybe I was the only one. I was tweeting, and uh, I don't know if people got into it as They had this uh, countdown of the top 700 songs of the 70s. Anybody else listen to this? Oh, I was huge into it. And to me, I was mostly a kid of the 80s because I was born in 70. But I feel like 70s has like the most diverse music, right? Like uh, the best rock bands. You can't really argue. The best rock bands are in the 70s, right? Like, you know, there's some in the 60s and some in the 80s, but mostly it's the 70s, right? Like, the, the wheelhouse of, of, of rock music is the 70s. You had the start at disco. You still had some Motown. You still had some, you know, every decade has some good pop hits. So I'm going to make a prediction right now. Uh, Brian, you can mark this down. You know how on the K show, Don LaGreca does his, like, top five? Oh, yeah. Like, he, oh, he yeah. picks a category every single day. Fantastic segment. I love that segment because I always find myself – it's one of those things where somebody else comes up with it and you're like, damn it, why didn't I think of that? That's one of the things that I've, that are that, that like that. So Don has his top five. I will be shocked if his top five today is not the top five songs of the 70s. I will be stunned. And I will tell you right now, like, if you want to play at home, I will tell you right now. A, I would be shocked if Don does not have Bridge Over Troubled Waters on that list. That will—I don't care how—he will have that on—that might be number one. It very well might be number one. Uh, And also he'll have a Barry Manilow song on there somewhere. I don't know where. So I was listening along with this. So this is what my exciting Saturday nights have become, right? Like, we did the whole fireworks extravaganza. Uh, The kids go to bed after that. The wife goes to bed shortly afterwards. So it's just me— sitting listening to the top 700 songs of the 70s in my house putting together a jigsaw puzzle this is kind of sad yeah it is kind of sad but that's what my life has become you know i know i i get it i'm the last guy in the in the foxhole in the in the bunker everybody else is out doing whatever uh and uh, i don't see anybody and i don't go anywhere so that was me on saturday so i had and I tweeted this out. I'm not going to give it away to this audience. Maybe we'll come back with what I think is the number one song of the 70s. I had a strong opinion on one. To me, it's 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 the best. And I was waiting for it. Right? Like I w- I found out about the countdown when it was like in its 500s. Right? So I'm listening to it in the 500s, and I was really locked in, in the 500s. Then in the course of the day, you know, you can do other things. You can't listen to all 700. It was like it was like three days worth of songs. So. Four hundreds, I was kind of you know hit or miss. Three hundreds, I was kind of hit, or, but once he hit like the two hundreds, I was pretty good. And then I had to go to bed at some point. Uh, and then I, I I think I woke up for like the 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 top thirty. So I had this one song, and I'm waiting for. I figured this it's got to be in the top ten, if not the top ten, top twenty, top thirty. So I felt safe going to bed Saturday night. I, I, it was a little bit after two, and. I find out after I wake up, I'm listening to the top 30, waiting to hear it. And the whole top 30 comes and goes. I never hear it. I said, "What?" Well, this was outside of the top 30? I went to bed at song 111. My song was song 109. Is that, I mean, is that outrageous or what? The, the, the song that I think is number one was 109. It's outrageous. Absolutely outrageous. All right. So I don't know how, I just said we were going to get back on track and then I went down a wormhole. 1 800 919 ESPN, 1 800 3776. So, Brian, and I will tell you what the song is. You can pull it up uh, in a second. One other thing that I, not that I'm big into it, but uh, the golf from the weekend, Bryson D. has kind of been like the story of the, outside of the fact that the golf is back and is up and running and, and they've been able to do it despite COVID and all that type of stuff. Bryson DeChambeau has been the story of golf because he has this brand new physique and everything like that. He's all buffed up and he's added 20 pounds of muscle. And I don't know, maybe it's because golf fans, I think that maybe they're not as big into other sports. Like, if you had a guy in any other sport show up with 20 pounds of muscle after a short period of time... I feel like there would be like a, a normal course of conversation that would be taking place that I don't feel like has taken place with golf at all. And I'm not going to be the person to start it, but you know what I'm talking about. So I find that very, very strange first off, that that conversation is not happening. And I got to be honest with you. I was listening to some of the broadcast uh, on Saturday. Uh, you know me. I don't know the days of the week. I th- no, it was Saturday. Yes, it was Saturday. <laughs> and, um I, it's amazing how I just can't get what day of the week my my, my brain is just shot. Saturday I was listening to it a little bit and then Sunday I was listening to it a little bit and it was weird. I felt like a lot of the conversations that even took place was very similar to when things certain things started to happen in baseball and the uh, excuses and the, the rationalization was very, very similar to a time way back when, when I was much younger and much closer to the uh, songs of the 70s playing on the radio. But the other part of it was is that he won the tournament. I don't even know. It was a tournament in Detroit. I don't even remember what the name of the, the tournament was. Rocket Mortgage Classic. And all of a sudden, people are like, well, he's changed the game because he won one tournament. Like, it, 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 is there Has there ever been another time that the Rocket Mortgage Classic has been the leaping off point for people – where they they're all of a sudden decided that now all of a sudden this guy has, has changed the sport and everything else? Like, shouldn't it be something where it's like a major? Come on. I mean, it's not even close. 109. Who are these voters? Oh, my God. Rageous. Remember, of course, any time now that I put up anything about polls or voting some clown somewhere brings up the fact that the dark knight lost fair and square what did it lose to again i don't even remember from the rewatchable movie bracket oh it was die hard i believe right? it, was, it was die hard, was it die hard? i yeah, think it was die hard. die hard i think it was the uh the regional semi-final yes it was the action one yes action region yes somebody always has to bring it up and oh well maybe they should just rerun it again gordon Well, look, I'm sorry your movie lost. That's the way it goes sometimes. Your movie lost, fair and square. We put the rules together. We had the long break. It was the first movie. You know, I kind of forgot the rules. Clearly, I'm very forgetful. I told you, all day Friday, I'm talking about how it was Saturday. And even today, which is Monday, I still think that Friday was Saturday. Why does everybody always have to assume it's this, this nefarious thing where, where if somebody makes a mistake sometimes it's just a common mistake and that's what it was i'm sorry that you're you're so t- you would think that these people were producers of the dark night like they had some monetary thing to gain by the dark night but uh no Layla, the number one song of the 70s as voted by me I, who are these voters and uh, what was the process of voting i never knew that voting was open until it was closed seems like it was unfair But it is the Gordon Damer Show. It is 98.7 FM, ESPN New York. So we'll uh, see if I'm uh, right about uh, Don's uh, top five list today. It'll be the top songs of the 70s. And that uh, Bridge Over Troubled Waters, I'll bet, if it's not number one, it's probably going to be number two. Barry Manilow will be on that list. Um, And I would bet you Hotel California. I don't know Don's choices that well, but. I'll tell you right now, Bridge Over troubled Waters will be on that list. But, um, all right, so in terms of the top stories of the morning, well, there's a few. A, you have the whole uh, Redskins name change, which uh, kind of came up over the weekend and is certainly going to be uh, something front and center here as the team has, I guess they're still in the process of reviewing. Kind of feels like that that one should have went a little quicker than this, right? Like the fact that you've had all this time and it's lined up and, But they're going to have this internal review, so who knows? We have 66 days until the NFL season opens up, assuming that it opens up on time. And that is completely an assumption right now. With every other sport having to deal with roadblocks and obstacles and setbacks and all these different type of things, the one thing that the NFL has had in their favor has been time on their side. But what the other sports have shown is that having time on your side – really isn't all that much of an advantage. The only thing that it's an advantage of is that you don't get criticized as much because you got to, well, they have time to get it right. They have time to go through it. Well, it's almost, the time is almost up, right? Training camps open later this month, so they still have a little bit of time, but it certainly seems like that they, um, they have not put a lot of things in place and that a lot of people within the league seem like uh, there was a report that One GM was saying that they're kind of guessing in terms of what the protocols are going to be, that there really has not been that great a conversation. But in terms of the Redskins' name change, you have 66 days before the season opens up, so I don't know if it's possible that they can come up with a name, review it, get through all the process, and then get all the things that are going to be necessary to get it implemented for this season – so to say that the Redskins have played their final game as the Redskins, I think, is, is jumping to conclusions uh, that are not ready as of yet. But just know that the name is going to be changed. You don't go through this whole rigmarole and put out the press release with comments from the owner who has gone on record before as saying that the name will never change, and now saying that they're at least contemplating a change. Without actually changing the name. So it's a question of when, not if. Now, I don't know what it's going to be. I've seen that Red Tails has been uh, one that has been a very popular choice. Uh, I'm sure there's a lot that uh, could tie into different things in the area. And maybe one of the reasons why Dan Snyder has finally agreed to this is that he realizes all the people that are Redskins fans will almost, well, maybe not all, But a good portion of the ones that have already bought merchandise and jerseys and hats and this thing and that thing of the Washington Redskins, despite all the protests that they might say and have, they'll buy all the new gear too. So that'll be fantastic for Dan Snyder, and maybe that's one of the reasons why he has finally relented and is going to change the name of the team. But it's pretty clear that that's the only reason, financial reasons. So they will, whenever they do, come up with a new name or have a a list of possibilities. Maybe they'll allow people to vote on that. But whenever they do have that, they will hold a press conference and they'll tell you all these different stories and they can spin it however they want. Dan Snyder can spin it however he wants. The only reason this happened is not public pressure. It's not the tone of the country. It was because something impacted Dan Snyder's wallet. And... Just to point out, it didn't even impact it, like, for a long period of time. This thing that he was so hung up on, right, we're never going to change the name. Never. Put it in capital letters. As soon as it had a direct link for a split second of impacting his bottom line, he gave it up like that. That's it. That's all. Over and out. FedEx, Nike, whoever else was calling in terms of um, sponsors. That's all it took. And it happened basically overnight, right? Like this has been, this was a conversation that was taking place even before Dan Snyder bought the team. This has gone back to when it was Jack Kent Cook. And Dan Snyder's owned the team for 20 years now. So this is not something that has all of a sudden popped up in the last day or two. So they are definitely going to change the name. The Cleveland Indians certainly seem like they are going to be changing the name. And even though the Atlanta Braves say they have no intentions of changing the the name of the team, I'm guessing before too long that will be part of the conversation as well. So it's time for the the Redskins to move on, and and change is inevitable. And and the worst thing you can ever say is never, because never – that's a long shelf life, man – and a lot, most things don't have the shelf life of never. And even the Washington Redskins name, which Dan Snyder said forever, that he would never, ever change, it's going to happen, and it's just a matter of time. And, and maybe the fact that uh, you've seen that Ron Rivera is working with Dan Snyder to come up with a name, hopefully for Ron Rivera's sake, I thought it was very, very strange when Ron Rivera jumped at the Redskins job when there was clearly would have been interest for him, I think with other teams as well, because that to me, is a uh, is a team and a franchise run by Dan Snyder. that's the, the that's the job you take when you got no other options. And it certainly seemed like Ron Rivera had other options. So maybe this is a sign that Ron Rivera will be successful where all the other people that have worked under Dan Snyder have not been in getting. Dan Snyder, to actually listen to Ron Rivera. Maybe he can have a positive impact in the the organization in that way. Because it's an organization that has been a disaster on the field pretty much all of Dan Snyder's tenure. And when they have that eventual press conference, I'm sure Dan Snyder will give you some story about, well, you know, I was reluctant because of the proud history of the team. All that history took place Pretty much, well, not even pretty much, all of it took place before Dan Snyder laid his hands on the organization. They've, As I said before, they've won two playoff games in 20 years. They've had 10 coaches in 20 years. So if Dan Snyder really wanted to impact the organization in a positive way, he probably would sell the team. Uh, in terms of the baseball story, our poll question, which is up for today on Twitter at Gordon Damer, is all about Mike Trout. Mike Trout saying that... Um, That uh, he does not feel comfortable playing this year and uh, is playing the season by ear now. We've had this conversation many times about players maybe opting out. And if he were to opt out, how big of a deal would it be? To me, it would be massive. There's no player playing in any sport who is as dominant at their sport as Mike Trout is at his. And already, when you have a baseball season that feels like it's a, um, a sham, and look, it's the best we can do. I'm not, I'm not complaining. I'll take whatever I can get at this point as a sports fan. But it's, a, it's, a, it's completely uh, ridiculous. 60 games is not a baseball season. So if you already have this feeling that uh, the, the season is illegitimate and whoever gets crowned the champion, unless it's the Yankees, whoever gets crowned the champion is going to be a, a bit of a sham champ, if you were to have the most dominant player in the sport all of a sudden drop out of the season before it begins, during the season, uh, that's that to me is a massive deal, never mind the fact. You heard from Mike Trout earlier in the show saying that he's been in contact with this player and that player, and he's not going to name names. But if Mike Trout drops out, I'm sure there are going to be other star players who say, you know what, the risk is just not worth the reward. So I think it would be massive. You can vote on the poll question. It's up on Twitter, at Gordon Damer. And then the other topic that we've been talking about today was a whole about uh, Masahiro Tanaka getting uh, drilled – by Giancarlo Stanton in the head over the weekend. Luckily, it does not seem like it's going to be that big of a deal, that uh, he was back at the stadium yesterday and seemed, despite a mild concussion, to be uh, no worse for wear. But it is kind of surprising that that does not happen more often. And it certainly seems crazy that there has not been a guy who has been really seriously hurt, and it feels like just a matter of time uh, before we have that. It feels like, I mean, he got drilled in the head by a ball traveling 112 miles an hour. I mean, I can't even imagine. So it seems like just a matter of time, while baseball has a lot of issues, maybe that's one of the ones they should be talking about with the players, about coming up with something that is going to protect the players more than they have the protection right now. We're already out of time. Uh, I I talked too long. That's going to do it for today. We'll be back tomorrow starting at 5. Please join us then. And uh, please vote on the poll question. It's up on Twitter. We'll see you tomorrow at 5, 98.7 FM, ESPN, New York. This is the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN.